We have to find a way to talk and have dialogue and be tolerant between other views. You have to have open dialogue, and that's where free speech is so important. Consent's a very important thing, and today in the Me Too movement, it's been very important because I think it's really opened up a lot of eyes. Cannabis is a healing herb. We as the people, we need to stand up and make a move. If you committed sexual assault, it doesn't matter when it was, you should be held accountable for that. However, we have to make sure that we actually make sure they committed sexual assault, and we have to make sure that all allegations are verified. So put in these programs thinking that it'll help everyone, but what they forget is that the pathway to hell is paved with good intention. And I think that's what this whole movement is all about anyways, is uh, trying to be open to ideas. What's up, guys? Welcome to Liberty Talks Podcast with Matt Travis and besides me, as always, John Douglas. Uh, today, we're going to be going over several different topics. Uh, we'll get to what we can in this uh, 45 minutes to an hour that we have. Uh, we have the Cohen hearings as well as the Trump-North Korea summit. We're going to talk about how that fell through and, and what, the, uh, what, what the consequences of that is going to be, um, as well as we're going to talk about the outrage of conservatives, as the media has put it, the spin that the media has put on this UC Berkeley case where this student was punched in the face um, simply for having MAGA signs up and how the media is spinning that as conservatives pounce or conservatives are outraged. And then we'll probably end today, if we have time, with um, Alex Jones, who who was uh, trending on Twitter earlier this evening for, well, uh, being Alex Jones. So, um, <laughs> Good description. So, but, um, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the first topic, um, the Cohen hearing. I know that you watched a little bit of this, Michael. Yeah, so the Michael Cohen. I mean, John, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Michael Cohen hearing was... Um... Well, it was kind of funny to watch, but uh, basically, if you talk, if you ask anyone that watched Michael Cohen hearing, uh, whether they're on the left or the right, whose victory was, if they're on the left, you're going to say it's a victory for the left. If you're on the right, you're going to say it's a victory for the right. And the truth is, yeah. it is kind of both. Um, but I think it's more so a victory for the right legally, and it's a victory for the light. Uh, it's a victory for the left. Uh, I guess I want to say medially, but it's not a word because uh, of the media. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's we were kind of talking about this before. That's why I don't. I I generally don't care about this stuff because it's just a big show. And that's exactly until what they it actually, is. until they actually, or really, if they actually, because they probably aren't ever, until they actually produce some evidence that that not just Trump did something illegal. Because I don't think anybody is going to be surprised if Trump did something illegal, especially especially before um, before he became president. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't think so. But also that he did something illegal legal that pertained to Russia collusion, which is the big narrative that they've been trying to prove this whole time and have failed miserably. Right, and Michael Cohen helped make that fall miserably. Uh, yeah. And the, the first thing about these hearings is these hearings are really stupid, like you said. They're more of a reason for Democrats to just kind of virtue to their base uh, that how, how – how great they are and how wonderful they are and most of them are running for president so like all of them so they all got to do that uh which is i mean the point they're even having a hearing of michael cohen who is going to prison for committing perjury to congress yeah uh yeah exactly i mean it, it, that shows itself he's not a credible he's not a credible witness and they're still the democrats are still having a hearing with him because now he's got the new strange respect that uh, democrats give whenever you turn against a republican yeah yeah, that's the most absurd thing about this whole thing is that it's essentially, hey, guys, I'm here to tell you that I've been lying for the past 10 years of my life in order to cover up for somebody who's paying for me, paying for me to lie for him. 
And now that it suits my needs better, I'm going to come here and tell you the truth. Oh, and by the way, you should really believe that I'm telling you the truth this time, even though it benefits me to some extent to tell you the truth this time. And the funny thing is, or to tell you the truth this time, right? Um, <laughs> anyway, continue. And the funny thing is he actually might've committed perjury again. So yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, the, uh, I saw the Republicans are, are pursuing that, aren't they? Uh, I, I haven't heard about that yet, but it's just at least a couple of them. Yeah, so it just happened today as we're interviewing this, uh, as we're recording this podcast. So uh, we'll see what happens. But CNN definitely brought it up because Michael Cohen did say during the during his testimony that he did not want a White House job, and CNN basically just smacked him down. They're like, uh, "Yeah, you did. We have many reports that you wanted a White House job." Yeah. So that yeah. So now he could be going to prison uh, for a longer amount of time. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that does. Yeah. So essentially, what this comes down to is it was just a virtue signaling campaign in order to get somebody on his side is what it seems like and maybe he's telling the truth about everything but it's like like we said we just can't trust him but let's go we'll listen to a little bit of it here um we're not going to spend too much time on this because there's there's some other uh more important topics i think i think we would both agree they're more important to get to but um, this is not important at all but here goes here is a little taste of of the shenanigans that went on mr trump is a racist the country has seen mr trump court white supremacists and bigots you have heard him call poorer countries shitholes his private in private he is even worse he once asked me if i could name a country run by a black person that wasn't a shithole this was when barack obama was president of the united states Okay, so and he goes on like that for a little while, just talking about all the racist things that he's seen Trump do. Yes, yeah, so and I've I've two problems with this. Number one, some of the things he mentioned at the beginning aren't like either are, are misrepresentations of of what has happened. And this is I say this as someone who didn't vote for Trump partially because he has horrible character. <laughs> so, so, but some of these things he's saying are just a little bit misrepresenting what he says, what what a Trump has actually said. And then whenever he says, and in private, he's even worse. Well, now I'm supposed to believe that you're giving me the truth in private when you just mis misrepresented something. Right. This is the part where it, it is bad for Trump, though, because now mm. for about a week or two, yeah. we're going to have headlines of Trump is a racist. Trump said this in private with Michael Cohen. Uh, and it really, we, the only reason we know Cohen really opened up with this is because he wants that book deal. And now he's going to get that yeah. book deal. Uh, that's the true reason. So this is where the, uh, the hearing was actually bad for uh, the president, because now we're just going to oh, yeah, tons of headlines about how Trump's the worst awful person. And every time Trump's in the news, it's bad for Trump. And when he's not in the news, when it's Democrats in the news, which let's be honest, is the reason why it's happening because Democrats have been in the news for the past two or three weeks because how radical they are and them saying stupid things. Uh, and now they have to get out of the news and this is their way out. So they're going to latch on to it. Now, the part where this helped Trump is Cohen pretty much exonerated Trump on every single legal charge there is. So, uh, so we don't have these uh, videos right now because we have a new system we're trying to work out. But uh, the first thing that uh, Cohen said, or maybe not the first thing, but he got asked if he's ever been to Prague. And he said, no, I've never been to Prague. I've never been in the Czech Republic. That's important because that completely discredits the BuzzFeed dossier that was released almost two years ago when Trump became president that claimed that mm -hmm. Trump is in Moscow and having a... Uh, what's it called? A golden party, a golden shower with Russian prostitutes. Yeah. Uh, so that pretty much discredited it because it also said that Michael Cohen was in Prague, and it turns out he wasn't. Yeah. So he's good on that front. He's also good on the front where he could have committed a campaign violation uh, law because Michael Cohen said, uh, basically said that no, he did not 
he, he did not pay off Stormy Daniels because he uh, was worried about the campaign. He paid him off because he pays off women in stories all the time. And he's been yeah. and even stories that aren't true about him. He even and nobody's surprised about that. Yeah, exactly. No, nobody like that doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, Trump's, I'm like Trump's this not is gonna, not going to be a determining factor in 2020. Yeah, Trump's not going to fall in the polls for that. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah, he's pretty much exonerated Trump legally and really uh, brought the steam out of the uh, d Democrats. And the uh, other thing got exonerated on was colluding with WikiLeaks, which collusion isn't a crime in of itself, but he did. He did show that Trump was not actually colluding, that he heard, hey, WikiLeaks is going to drop all this oppo research with Hillary Clinton, and he said, but that's good. Yeah, <laughs> and why would he not? That was probably the stupidest part about it. Why would he not say that's good? Yeah, of course. I heard that in another clip, but uh, but yeah, I, I wish I could have included that in here. But it, I was like, and? It's like, you know, this reminds me of, kind of getting off topic here, but this reminds me of whenever whenever the election was happening and they were talking about collusion with, with uh, or... or uh, after the election happened and they were talking about how he colluded during the election and one of their points was that he one of a member of his team i can't remember who it was doesn't matter a member of his team had met with some russian dudes who were like hey we have information that hillary clinton has done some uh has committed high uh, high crimes and misdemeanors basically and they're like okay yeah we'll meet you and it turned out there was no information and it was just whatever mm -hmm. but right even if there was, I look at that and I go, if Hillary Clinton, if the Russians said, hey, we have information that Trump has committed treason and Hillary Clinton went and got that information, I wouldn't even be mad. Well, because we I think it's important to know. I mean, obviously, you don't want people colluding with Russia. But at the same time, like, I don't really think I don't I just don't care where you got the information. Well, we actually, if you have information that somebody's treasonous, please bring it forward. Yeah, and here's the I don't care who you are. We actually know she would have done that because she did collude with a foreign agent in Christopher Steele yes. to make to, to make the uh, Steele dossier, which was released by BuzzFeed, who in Christopher Steele, people who don't know it, it used to be a British MI6 agent. So oh, So man. she did collude, uh, collude with a, a foreign entity to do. Uh, yeah. And and uh, to throw on top of that, this entire collusion narrative is based on the fact they're pretending like he stole the election by colluding whenever she literally stole the election from Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got all the superdelegates in the DNC take the election away from Bernie Sanders. Um, but uh, to, to sum it up, this uh, uh, Michael Cohen hearing, basically good for Trump on the legal front, bad for Trump on the PR front. And uh, yeah. so, so we'll, we'll see what comes of that. I'm, I'm going to guess nothing. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. But uh, what wasn't good for Trump and has been a complete disaster has been his North Korea trip. Yep. So for those who don't know, Trump has actually been in Vietnam, and he's uh, been meeting with Kim Jong-un, one of the worst human beings who runs North Korea, a gulag state. And the complete dictator, he kills anyone who disagrees with him. In North Korea, they actually have a law where you can only have, I think, 16 different hairstyles. And if you don't, then you're in violation of the law. He strapped his brother to an aircraft, at, to, to an anti-aircraft weapon and shot shot him through it. He uh, killed He killed his, uh, I, oh, I, I think that was his step, his half-brother, he uh, attached the anti-aircraft gun. And I think it was his uncle who he... Uh, poisoned and killed in an actual airport, which I can't remember what country that was in. So, this is what we would call an evil person and a very bad human. So, uh, so Trump's over in Vietnam and he's been meeting with Kim Jong Un trying to get some sort of deal. Which I uh, just on, on that face of it itself, I am uh, strictly against. We'll never get a deal with North Korea. North 
uh, and from a realist point of view, North Korea would never make a deal with the United States or any country that would take away its nuclear arms because that's the only thing that gives it any gives the Kim regime any sort of legitimacy in the world. So on that front itself, I think it's stupid to even negotiate with North Korea about this stuff because they'll never give it up. But uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this is always going to be exactly like it is now. Yeah, exactly. This is a never this is a never ending conflict that's just going to go on for some indefinite amount of time right that we don't know but uh, he, here's the uh, two outrageous parts that's happened in vietnam and it's all mm-hmm. it's all outrageous because trump's been saying really stupid things so the first thing that trump said uh, during all this is that kim jong-un is basically a wonderful person and if uh he and that trump has known a lot of rich people who were who were born rich and did not turn out well and he said kim jong-un is not one of those people like huh what <laughs> <laughs> it's insane anyone oh, anyone God. in the world that is born turned out better than kim jong-un like yeah that's just a stupid thing to say and and i and it's it's not true like it's so not true even kim knows it's not true <laughs> <laughs> oh god you can't even make this up this is ridiculous shit. yeah yeah and the reason this is bad is because it actually legitimizes kim jong-un on the world stage now we just had the president of the united states the leader of the greatest superpower in the world and the beacon of liberty he he just had him say he's a pretty much a good person kim jong-un has killed millions of people and keeps everyone in a gulag state where just by disagreeing with him he committed a state crime so this is not someone by any stretch of the imagination who turned out right yeah <laughs> uh and uh, furthermore, the, the 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 really outrageous thing that Trump really said here, though, this entire time is is I I get that Trump is trying to uh, massage Kim Jong Un's back because he thinks it's a good negotiating strategy when it's really not. Uh, I I know that's the reason he's saying these nice things, but when he, he said this, this is what's really outrageous. Is uh, do you remember last year the last State of the Union address? When, Kim, uh, when Donald Trump gave his State of the Union address and talked about Otto Warmbier, the American who was taken hostage there and then mm-hmm. sent back to the United States in a vegetative state and died days later. Yeah. He had his parents at the State of the Union address. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Well, a reporter asked Donald Trump about that and uh, basically asked him, what about Otto Warmbier? Uh, well, what about him? And Donald Trump basically said, you know, Kim Jong-un is a good guy. I don't he he didn't know about that. He's he's very knowledgeable of this case, Otto Warm Beer, but he didn't know at the time. North Korea is a really big country with lots of people. Their 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 uh, prison camps have tons of people in them. Kim doesn't know who's all there, so we can't really blame <laughs> Kim Jong-un for that. Oh man. Like, are you kidding me? That was an that was an American who died because of Kim Jong-un. And Kim Jong-un knew about him. There's not that many Americans in North Korea. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just absurd. I don't really have anything <laughs> much to say about this, except for we kind of we kind of already knew. We kind of already knew this wasn't going anywhere. And um, and even what, what's interesting though too is to watch the left's reaction to it. Is that through this throughout this entire process, first it was he's going to start Trump is going to start a nuclear war, which North Korea has been on the verge of nuclear war or on the verge of nuclear war. I don't think they'd actually ever do anything. Yeah, well, well, so, to a certain extent, or they have a nuclear weapon. Yeah, yeah. So, so they've been supposedly on the verge of, of a nuclear war with them for for the last 30, 40 years. So, it, it's it's ridiculous to say that that uh, that Trump was going to cause that, that he was going to be the sole cause of this if, if it happened. Um, but then also, but then once uh, looks like 
peace was starting to happen, which I never really bought it. But once it looked like peace was starting to happen, the left narrative completely switched that now he's negotiating with the dictator. He's the worst person in the world for negotiating with the dictator. And then now it's going to be interesting to watch how they flip the narrative back, which go ahead. Are you there? Yeah, we froze. Oh, my bad. You're you're, uh, one of us. Yeah. (laughs) One of our internets shut down there. But go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, I actually remember the left was actually siding with Kim Jong-un during the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Uh, for, for one, they were just fawning over Kim Jong-un's sister. And second, people were literally, like, siding with Kim Jong-un during their Twitter war. When, when, like, Kim called Trump a dotard, people on the left were like, that's just great. I love Kim Jong-un. I, yeah. I can't believe he called Trump a dotard. That's just amazing. Like, you realize yeah, he, he was the people, right? There was some there was some influential figure that, that uh, made some statement about how they'd rather live under Kim Jong-un than Donald Trump or something ridiculous I, like that. I wish I could remember who it was. Oh, God, I dare you. I dare you. I double. <laughs> I, yeah, as uh, Samuel L. Jackson said, I dare you. I double dare you. <laughs> pulp, pulp, pulp fiction reference in case for the dense people. Uh, yeah, but well, what's really sad about this whole thing is that Trump is, has been playing Kim Jong-un by complimenting Kim Jong-un. He hasn't been like going into his ego it's actually the other way around kim jong-un outplayed trump uh look kim jong-un got he, he basically got the recognition on the world stage as a legitimate leader he got to tell his own people that the leader of the most powerful country in the world is saying all these nice things about him and now he gets to walk home he gets to go home he's good trump's probably gonna just pretend this never happened we're just going to keep letting North Korea stay there as a threat. And now we're not going to deal with it until he starts launching more missiles over Japan. So this is definitely yeah. a victory for North Korea. And that's really sad. And, and Trump should have known this going in. Kim Jong-un did this to Obama, did this to Bill Clinton. He's done this to pretty much every single president there's been. He, uh, the Kims yeah. do this every single time. I mean, Kim Jong-un wasn't the leader during Bill Clinton, but the Kims have done this since they've ever become uh, the leader of their gulag state, they fooled American presidents. This is the most outrageous one, though, because this time we actually had an American president complimenting Kim Jong-un and saying all these great things about him. So. Oh, man. So. Uh, but. Yeah, go, go ahead. I don't know. Yeah, so it, I don't know. It, there, there really isn't much to say about it. It's just despicable, and it's really sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but anyway. Might as well jump into our next topic. Speaking of despicable and sad things. That was a flawless transition. <laughs> uh, the Republicans apparently are pouncing on a Republican getting punched. So uh, I believe we have this article, but the Washington Post has now declared that Republicans are enraged. We're enraged that a conservative activist was punched at UC Berkeley. Republicans pounce. Because who cares about a conservative getting punched at UC Berkeley? <laughs> As we know, you see- yeah, this is this is always the reaction. Whenever it's whenever the uh, someone on the left does something stupid, or whenever something looks bad on the left, the story is the right's reaction to what happened. Of course. Um, whereas whenever the, something bad happens on the right, like we saw with the Jesse Smollett case, where, well, it never really looks like, but for a minute there, the media could pretend that it looked like he had been attacked by MAGA supporters. Yeah. The story is the actual story. Yeah, Democrats- and this is literally a one-to-one comparison. If the Jesse Smollett case was true, which it wasn't, but this would literally be a one-to-one comparison. Yeah, exactly. Because Jesse Smollett got punched in the face. These guys got punched in the face. And 
for similar reasons, for, for reasons that have nothing to do with their character, but everything to do with just what they believe or who they are and whatnot. And don't forget, UC Berkeley is the university that banned Ann Coulter from speaking and that tried to ban Ben Shapiro, but then they sued and they won. And, yeah. and Ben Shapiro gave a speech on campus and had to bring, I think, 200 security guards with them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the other thing that I found interesting about this article that, that we had pulled up. Um, um, uh, in, it, in it, she talks about the Ann Coulter thing, and that's really not the most important thing that's happened on Berkeley campuses. But she says, I'll just read this one little part. Since President, since President Trump took office, the Berkeley campus has become a national stage for bitter tensions between the far left and the far right. The cancellation of conservative commentator Ann Coulter's speech on campus in 2017 garnered wide, uh, widespread coverage. That, that was the least of things that happened in 2017, <laughs> and especially in 2016. We literally had professors, and again, this is another case, where there wasn't this outrage by the media like there was with Jesse Smollett. But we literally had a, a college professor caught on tape trying to uh, um, uh, bash in the head of somebody with a bike lock. And so, so there was, and that was, that, again, that's just one incident of thousands that happened on that campus whenever you consider um, all the individual incidents that, that would have occurred during the riots and whatnot. Uh, have, you ever and then, uh, have you ever seen that meme where it shows like all of the, uh, evolutions uh, stages of the human from the monkey all the way to the human and then as, as he's uh walking as a straight like uh straight up uh a human and basically what we are today he starts de-evolving back down that's basically what <laughs> yeah. has become but don't forget yep. berkeley was one of the first universities to really uh allow free speech in a substantial way on their campus uh, uh it was during the vietnam so it wasn't something that you'd probably agree with but they were one of the first ones uh, to uh, champion the free speech movement in the 1970s, and now they are strictly, hugely against free speech, as long as it's speech they disagree with, because it's hate speech. Uh, yeah. so, so Berkeley is that meme of the monkey evolving into a human and then back down into and a I monkey. Would, I would actually even challenge that narrative. I don't think, if you look at what, hap what actually happened, I'm not going to get too much into this, because we're going to go way off topic, but if you look at what actually happened back then, the left was very similar to what they are today. Yeah. Like there, there was the, the way that they were carrying out free speech wasn't exactly how the right talks about free speech today, which is anyway, that's true. We won't get on that, but, but I'll, uh, I'll have to, I'll, we might divulge into that at, a, at another time. But um, but yeah, if, if you can yeah. scroll back up to the uh, to the top, mm -hmm. yeah, because I, I want to look at the headline. Um, this is what's this is headlines actually kind of a self own, and that's the funny part about it. <laughs> So a conservative activist was punched in the face at UC Berkeley. The response enraged the right. So <laughs> if a if anyone getting punched only enrages a set few people, that's not good. Yeah. So exactly. So, so what this article kind of says is that the response enraged the right. The kind of what I would take from that is it did not enrage the left, which is true. It didn't enrage the left. No one on the left cares. And that really goes to show the state the Democratic Party is in today. They don't care if someone on the right gets punched because, after all, oh, yeah. your views are not even worth debating because they're so awful. So if you get punched, it's because your views are so outside of the window of acceptable discourse that getting punched is what you deserve because, after all, you're like a Nazi. Well, yeah, that's exactly it because they call – even in this article, she calls the, the people who are being assaulted on campus far right. She would refer to this kid who got punched in the face as far right. Right, and he was not far right. He was a TP. Yeah. Uh, he he wasn't TPUSA. He was tabling for TPUSA, which is Charlie Kirk's group, which is a mainstream conservative group 
but he works for the Leadership Institute, which is also a mainstream con- uh, conservative group, which has been around since like the 1960s and has been yeah and has been promoting conservative campus activism since that time. So he's just a regular conservative, but he's right wing because he's a conservative. Because to 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 the left, anything that's to the right of socialism now is is basically uh, radical, and that now their base is left wing socialism. So this headline is very telling of where the left's head is at right now when it comes to these issues. Their response enraged the right. By definition, that means the response did not enrage the left. And I'm sorry, if it doesn't enrage you that someone got punched in the face because of his beliefs, you're just, you're, you're probably a bad person. red pill and woke up in a matrix felt ill could someone explain this paradigm free range cattle on a tax farm one step saddle line max charge at large and we've got fences to separate from neighbors but all these pretenses will eventually enslave us and no one can save us take care of yourself work out your mind stay in good health gotta survive we're dying to see the future living lives three times longer than they used to and none of us choose to but we have all arrived the stars once collided so that we could have tonight i'm grateful now i've got a paved new Chick, and she hella fit, she an activist, anti-establishment, got a rocker look, make a blue collar, empty his pocketbook, he in love with the thrill, but she don't love him, she in love with the world, sexy tattoos on the back of the girl, yeah she is single but don't wanna mingle, you give her your number, she give middle finger like yeah, tell me where have you been all in my life, you a libertarian, is that right, I don't wanna talk about no politics, cool that you sugar, let me and you mix, get together, I treat you right but not like Cinderella, you a sexy independent intellectual, I hope you unmentionable. Uh, so this has been a depressing podcast, but luckily of all the depressing things going on out there in the world and all the bad things, we can always look to Alex Jones to make us laugh. And we can, we can all make fun of him together. And so as, as you know, Alex Jones did give his uh, interview with Joe Rogan on the, uh, well, I think it's called the Rogan Show, the Joe Rogan Show. Yeah, yeah, it's Joe Rogan, uh, JRE podcast, Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah, and it was just the most hilarious interview ever because, I mean, Alex, Alex Jones, he's a character. He's a, he, he's a man who believes that the government is turning the frogs gay. So, <laughs> he's also not a very hey. – yeah. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, uh, 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 technically the frogs were trans because of this. Uh, <laughs> I forget what he was referring to. But uh, but it's pretty fun. He's also not a very decent person because he did say the Sandy Hook shooting was staged, and yeah, and then he and then he tried to walk it back as if he never was saying that. Yeah, which is bullshit. And the Sandy Hook family actually sued him. He was saying that the whole time. Good. Yeah, yeah the Sandy Hook's family actually sued him, and they won. Oh yeah, they yeah. Did? Oh, okay, I thought he recanted the statement, and that's that's like why they decided not to sue him. I didn't know they actually sued him. No, I'm pretty sure they sued him one. I remember hearing about that a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. What what basis do they sue him on? Do you I think know? defamation. What a uh, defamation. Okay. Because his claim was that they staged the Sandy Hook shooting. They staged the death of their own kid. So, what was interesting is the, the clip that I saw was um, I want to I'm gonna see if I can find it here. It was uh him talking about the governor what's funny is the left has gotten so insane that they partially make make alex jones uh uh sound sane for a little while in this clip 
Um, let me see uh, if I can find it real quick. But anyway, he's he's talking about the uh, governor. I can't remember his name. Governor of Virginia. The one that did blackface and the one that, that said uh, that had the clip where it sounded like he was saying you could kill children outside the womb. Yeah, Ralph Northam. Or whatever. Yeah, Ralph Northam. Okay. So so anyway, in, in that clip, Alex Jones basically says that uh, – <laughs> So, so he rightfully points out the absurdity of what, what Northam was saying. And that's like most of the podcast. But then he tacks on something random to the end, like, like that what's really, what's really happening is they're taking the babies and they're selling them for $500,000. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it reminded me of the part when he started talking about selling the babies. But it reminded me of the clip from, uh, from, it was probably like a year and a half ago before him and Joe Rogan kind of had a falling out for a little while. Um, and it was before their falling out when Joe Rogan had him on the show and let him smoke some of his weed, and he just went off. And, and one of the things he was talking about was uh, interdimensional child molesters. <laughs> uh, interdimensional child molesters and, uh, and uh, uh, what was it? I don't know. Anyway. Now, Man, I wish I could find the, uh, the clip of it. Just to preface this. I was literally watching this earlier. Continue on. Just to preface this, I don't watch Alex Jones. I usually ignore him. So I haven't heard probably half the stuff most people have. The big thing I know about is turning the frogs gay. So whenever we play these clips, I will be it will be my first time seeing them too. So it's going to be my original reaction. We need to do a a, a full on special. Don't watch anything. Don't watch anything he's done. <laughs> We're going to do a full on special of of uh, John Douglas watches Alex Jones for the first time. We'll we'll, we'll do that. That's uh, in the books now. <laughs> oh man. Do you ever you ever watch Joe Rogan show at all? I not, not usually. Sometimes when he's interviewing certain people, I'll watch it, but I don't watch it consistently. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't watch it. Don't watch it too consistently. But, you thought you could beat Joe Rogan? Production. Huh? You thought you could beat Joe Rogan? I could beat Joe Rogan. You could be him. what? Oh, I could beat Joe yeah. Rogan. I don't know about all you that. You thought you could be his son <laughs> or his brother? <laughs> it's because of my bald head. <laughs> All right, so here it goes. This is uh, Alex Jones talking about um, abortion and the. Here, let me let me switch our scene here. Whoops. All right, this is Alex Jones talking about abortion and the um, and. Say, who are they? The They're scientist cults, who are based on uh, your uh, psychic ability uh, and on your IQ, and then on your commitment to the program. And so the program starts with, will you go inject black people with syphilis for a greater cause? Or will you do research programs on babies where we tell poor women uh, that, uh, oh, oh, your baby died right when they were born, but really you'll keep the baby alive and sometimes kill them, sometimes harvest them, sometimes do experiments what? on them. So that's why they've, not a lot, a lot of nurses have noticed now that the babies disappear at birth. They tell them, oh, your baby died. That's why the governor a said. Of, I said, like that. That's such like a Trumpian thing to say. A lot of a lot of nurses have noticed now. What a lot of nurses? What nurses? What? Are, where are we talking about? So this is what I'm talking about, though. I want his source. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. But what's funny is he goes on here to, to talk, digs into more of this, and you start listening, and you're like, wait, wait. There's enough truth in here that. All right. So for instance, they're talking about selling babies, and he's talking about a lot of nurses seeing this. There have been undercover videos done by pro-life organizations where they go in and they start questioning doctors. Well, like, it's like a woman acting like she's pregnant. She's like, well, what happens if, if you know, it doesn't work and the baby comes out and it's alive and yada, yada, And they're basically like assure them, no, no, no you won't have to take care of it. 
Don't worry about it. Uh, Basically, since he's saying we're going to kill it when it comes out or we're just going to let it die I actually and not give it medical care. I actually live right down the street from the Planned Parenthood where it was caught on camera. Uh, them joking around about selling baby parts on the black market. It's literally right down the street from me. So, so yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about. I know people who go to that Planned Parenthood. I've been to that Planned Parenthood several times. Yeah, so the left is so crazy on these issues that they actually partially make Alex Jones sound sane. Whenever he says they're taking babies, intentionally taking them alive, sticking them in a van, because he says this later on, he says what they're doing is they're putting them in a van and sending them off, and they get like $500,000 for them. Which, first of all, that's an outrageous price, $500,000. I think you could get a liver for like ten grand, much less a baby liver that's probably only going to be used for research. Mm -hmm. Like five hundred grand's a lot of money. <laughs> but, yeah, but since, but, uh, since Alex Jones saying it now, any semblance of truth that there is, he destroys. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, and that's the problem. That's the problem with Alex Jones. Is he? Is he? Is he? Says a bunch of crazy stuff. So whenever you repeat something that sounds like something he said, everybody thinks that you're far right now. Yeah, ex exactly. Now let's play the next clip though, which is hilarious. Let's see. Yeah, we we found another clip here. Um, t -t -t John sent it to me. There it is. All right, let's make this. And this is what's happening. And so, so they want the cement Perfect. of blood is they get people in a group and they get them to do horrible, evil things during peer pressure. And then they create this synthesis. And you have to know the darker elements of the criminal networks that are inside our government <laughs> are actually running Mexico as a laboratory test. Because they Jesus know Christ. Native Americans are <laughs> Native so Americans are gung-ho and they're tough and they're ready to fight. And I'm, you know, I'm part Native American, only like 6% Comanche and, you know, uh, Texas. And just that little bit makes me wild. I like to yeah. like so point out there, he's officially more Native American than uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yes. By far. By far. Alex Jones is more Native American than, than Elizabeth Warren. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a side note. Apparently he's got some Comanche in him. <laughs> Nope, it's not playing. Come on now. It makes go. me wild. Yeah. And so they can get them because they're powerful, they're smart, they're neat, they're cool, but genetically they go into groupthink really, really fast. Mm. And so Native Americans, you can mind control really fast. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> and be, so, I mean, in case he didn't get that because he, what he says is stupid. This. And this is what's going on. And this is what's I'm Sorry about that. Go ahead. Continue on. Uh, I guess I didn't get that because what because what he says is hard to understand because he's so stupid. He says yeah. that the United States is controlling Mexico because Mexico has a lot of Native Americans and Native Americans are genetically easier to mind control. They're really smart and they're really strong, but they're like super easy to control because they're so dumb and they're so weak. <laughs> That's essentially what he did. Like, how are they strong, sir? I don't understand. Here we, we, oh, we got man. one last clip of Alex Jones that uh, really lets you. It's the most truest thing Alex Jones has ever said. Look, here's the thing. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Yeah, yes. it's he's a ridiculous character. He's great. You know what's right? funny about... All right, what's funny about InfoWars is... I don't ever get my news from InfoWars because it's just... You couldn't do anything with it. You can't share it with anybody. It's so stupid. Like an idiot. It's absurd. But what's funny is there's actually a couple of people on Infowars that are really good. Like they 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 actually report news. They actually like give commentary. Like Paul Joseph Watson does a really good job of like giving commentary. It's actually legit. 
But yeah. and, and he was there from like the beginning before they went like super crazy. Like they've always done conspiracy stuff, but they 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 like went like even crazier over the last like three years. Yeah, I mean, I can't stand most people at Infowars. Paul Joseph Watson's all right sometimes, just sometimes when he really annoys me. But uh, then sometimes he actually, I do think he does some good work. Caitlin Bennett annoys me more than anyone. Oh my gosh, I can't stand that woman. <laughs> oh my god, she. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll, one day we're gonna do a Caitlin Bennett episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but most people in Infowars, I cannot stand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's mo most of them are. They're like Alex Jones. They're like cartoon yeah, characters. Yeah, exactly. It's well, that's why I find it entertaining to watch them because they're just like cartoon characters. Are you gonna talk about this? Have you ever seen the the guy on the street that interviews interviews people? I, I've He's seen got... a couple of them. Oh man, it's I I can't remember his name. I'll have to look him up. He he's uh he's. It's funny because he just interviews crazy people that say crazy things, so he doesn't look dumb, but he's just like super pro Trump, and he will defend him at all cost. And it's and right. he's also like a cartoon character. It's weird that they get these people that are like have these these over the top personalities that That's are just people like ridiculous people. Well, yeah, probably. But uh, it, it, anyways, so it's entertaining. It, anyways, it's uh, it's been a bad week uh, on a lot of fronts. Uh, that kind of a bad week for Trump. Yeah. Uh, just you know, usually when you watch the news, a lot of sad things. But whenever you're sad about the news, just go look at Alex Jones. There's so many funny things about Alex Jones. Anyways, we're gonna leave it there. I'm John Douglas. That was Matt Travis, and we'll see you here next week. Represent uh, once again, once again.